Well, hello everybody and welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and it's a pleasure to be back here with you once again. It is uh, coming on summertime here in Texas. Well, it's springtime anyway. The severe thunderstorms are about this evening. Let's see if we can get through this without the power going out. And as untested COVID vaccines are... I'm sorry, emergency use COVID vaccines are being released. The face masks are coming off in the beautiful metropolis of Terrell, Texas. We're just far enough east of Dallas to uh, be considered East Texas, so eh, let's go with it. The masks are coming off and you are constantly reminded how much goat DNA there is in the human gene pool. Yes. Most of the humans that have been out here for some time have goat DNA in them. Which I guess is probably fair because most of the goats in this part of the world have human DNA in them. Alrighty, so we've uh, done the welcome. Show's going to be a little bit different tonight. I've got some feedback I've got to catch up on from the other show. And uh, actually, one of them was suggested to be a topic, so it's going to be a topic. Oh, yeah. But before we get to that, uh, we are looking for help at Resonant Frequencies Amateur Radio Podcast and all the shows associated there with. This is a one-man operation at this point. That's one of the reasons that uh, the release schedule is kind of sporadic, and I really don't want to bore you with all that. We could use some help we are looking for somebody to help out with show notes and several other functions around here ganorman's been falling down on the job food dog keeps dozing off ganesha ganesha's doing his job just fine however it has absolutely nothing to do with production so at the very least we need someone to help us with show notes we also need people to help us manage and moderate the social media outlets. You know the ones, Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, um, Tumblr, Reddit, and that other place. Oh yeah, Discord. So we'd like y'all to come by the Discord server, for sure, but we're looking for folks that are interested in helping out. We're also looking for some ladies that could possibly do uh, some minor voiceover work. Basically, a couple of short blips uh, for the front and back of the show, maybe further in the show. We'd have to see, you know, just what we needed. Ladies that have a voice that could melt butter from across the room, uh, preferably with an accent, not too much of an accent, but any ladies that would like to attempt let me know. I'll work up a uh, script for these and send them y'all's direction. Y'all, uh, y'all think about pitching in. We're going to need more help as we get back to doing the full-scale resonant frequency amateur radio podcast. We could use the help now, but as it stands right now, nobody's been complaining about the show notes. So with that getting in touch with the show y'all go over to the website all information is there to get in touch with me 
via social media, via email, on the website. In fact, we have had several comments on the website recently. In fact, we're going to talk about one in a little bit. So we did that, and y'all go over and check out the uh, contact information. So let's move on. Well, this is going to be kind of feedback-centric, like I said, and we may go a little long because I have quite a bit to say about one of the pieces of feedback. So let's just dive in. First feedback we've got is from Chris, W5CTL, and please bear in mind these first two uh, actually came in for the other show, but I have been remiss in... Uh, saying something about them, so I don't want anybody to feel left out. And, Chris says, Just found your podcast. Enjoy the info and the delivery. Also heard you needed a shout-out from New Mexico. So, here's your shout. Looking forward to more great podcasts. And it's signed 7-3, Chris, W5CTL. Well, Chris, if you're listening... Thank you, and I'm sorry it's been so long since I've been able to get this get this on one of the shows so that you know that I hadn't been ignoring you. You shouldn't, because I'm sure I probably sent you a piece of email back. So the next one is going to be, who is that? Tim, K, K-O-4-I-V-N. Now, Tim writes in, and I had to ask him which show he was listening to. And it says, hello, I just found your podcast and love it. Thanks for all the effort and time you put in. Please keep the podcast going. And I sent him an email back pretty much asking him which show he was listening to. And that, you know, we were running archive shows over there right now. We are going to go into production as soon as we run out of the archive shows. And that kind of stuff. And his response was, well, I was listening to Resonant Frequency. I really like the format you have. I hope you start releasing new podcasts soon. I am a new ham looking to gain all the knowledge I can. I'm full of questions trying to find my way through amateur radio. Thanks, Tim. K-O-4-I-V-N. Well, Tim, if you're listening, buddy... I don't suggest anybody that uh, loves the other show come over here because this is a whole different animal and uh, it's a little too much for some people. Yes, I'm. you thought toilet paper was a problem when I put out episode, the uh, tissues tend to disappear out of the grocery stores. So thank you for writing in, Tim, and yes, we will be proceeding towards getting all that taken care of. I would like to also add that Tim sent us a donation. He's our first donation since we put the website back up, started putting out some shows and stuff like that. So uh, y'all go over to the website if you're interested. It costs me money to do all this. I'm not complaining. But any help I can get is greatly appreciated. The last time uh, when we first started the show, we had donations of equipment monetary donations and that kind of stuff and it really really did help out so now we're going to move to our main segment i will warn you this uh, episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than normal and that saddens me greatly because it takes me about three hours 
Like I said, it's a one-man operation around here. It takes me about two to three hours to edit the audio for these shows, and longer means more time editing. I want to tell y'all, first off, that this particular piece of feedback, uh, number one, I spent a significant amount of time trying to move the particular topics, thoughts, subjects of various stuff, information that's in this uh, piece of feedback around to try and get everything together. I failed miserably. (laughs) And I was not going to read it on the podcast. I was going to pick out those particular sections and address them individually. However, that did not really work out. What we're going to do is, uh, we're going to go down through there. We're going to address what we can as we can. But there is probably going to be a lengthy list of I have or I have done before we get down to that portion. So saddle up. And for those of you, if you've heard this information before, Go ahead and fast forward a little bit, but I'm trying to add some context because apparently that's one of the things we had a problem with with the last episode. Let me start out with one of the gripes is some people may not be interested in amateur radio. You remember the last episode was a job description, and I read through the very first section of part 97 which outlines our our purpose the reason that we are able to be amateur radio operators where it will at least to have an fcc license and call ourselves amateur radio service and that kind of stuff and unfortunately i'm feeling that a lot of people out there might not have understand that i didn't write 97.1 All I did was bring it to people's attention. Now, I've talked more than once about people not pulling their weight. Okay, maybe not pulling their weight is not exactly it. But, it's like I said, if you want a hobby, I don't know, paint toy soldiers or something. So, first off, just so everybody knows, and a lot of people have been remiss about going to the website and checking it out. And I hate to bring this stuff up. I hate blowing my own horn, but it's uh, part of the context in which we're going to have the discussion tonight. Richard's radio experience, I will tell you, I was an ARRL assistant section manager under three different section managers. I've been an ARRL official observer, official relay station for NTS, official emergency station for Aries. I was the uh, North Texas NTS Digital Manager in DFW. I was the North Texas HF NTS Digital Hub in DFW. I was the NTS Digital Hub for local DFW, VHF, UHF, NTS Digital. Oh my goodness, I was DFW Late Net Metroplex Traffic Net Control. 
chairman of the not only one but two speakers bureaus, the uh, Texas Amateur Radio Speakers Association and the North Texas Speakers Association, a volunteer examiner for W5YI and the ARRL, assistant emergency coordinator for the city of Mesquite, Texas, that would be Aries guys, Aries emergency coordinator for Kaufman County, Texas, assistant races radio officer for the city of Mesquite, Mesquite Racy's Net Control, Assistant Radio Officer for Dallas County Racy's, Racy's Net Control for Dallas County Racy's, Kaufman County Racy's Net Control, North Texas Saturn Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network, Training Officer, uh, President of the Ham Association of Mesquite, Education Committee at the Ham Association of Mesquite, yes, that means I gave classes, guys. Ham Association of Mesquite Tuesday Night Net Coordinator, Ham Association of Mesquite Tuesday Night Net Control, Field Day Commander for the Ham Association of Mesquite uh, 1996 Field Day, Net Control for the Southwest Traffic Net, Net Control for 3905 Century Club 40 Meter Late Net, and then Producer of the Shows. Now, that's not a complete list, but I hope you get the gist of it. Now, I also, you know, I've got another incomplete list, but I think these will probably prove it a little bit. And these are some of the bigger public service things I've been involved with. The 1994 Northridge earthquake, I moved health and welfare traffic while that was going on. Some of y'all might remember that. I always call it the Loma Prieta earthquake, which is where it was actually centered, but it did a lot of damage in that area. And for those of y'all that don't remember, that's the one that made the highway pancake. And I heard a lot of people. It took days for them to dig everybody out of there. I came back off of one of my hiatuses, and we'll get to that in a minute. Right as the shuttle Columbia disaster occurred and spent quite a bit of time passing logistical and health and welfare traffic for that. That was 2003. 2005, Hurricane Katrina. I worked the night shift moving multiple types of traffic back and forth from my home station to not only the Texas Baptist men's people down in there, but some of our local people that volunteered at our radio club to go down there. Then uh, the F1 tornado that hit Mesquite, Texas. I was actually racing net control when that happened. Small tornado, minimal damage, but a tornado is a tornado. 2012, the Forney, Texas EF3 tornado. Uh, I was emergency coordinator of the county at the time. And I was the spotter in the field because all my people flaked on me. And the only other person in our group that was there was my good friend KG5FET, Sandra Wetzel, who uh, worked net control for me. That one was fun. Speaking of tornadoes, I've been up and close, up close and personal to three different tornadoes. And when I say up close and personal, I mean less than a quarter of a mile. And that F3 was one of them. So, we've thrown some qualifications out. We've thrown some uh, public service we've done. 
So let's get to the the comment that not only was on our website, but has been added to every single social network that this particular radio operator had access to. Well, by the definition above, I'm a freeloader. While I agree with the arguments of knowing more about amateur radio than just how to hear a microphone and talk, Getting involved may not be possible or desirable for some of us. Personally, I had my fill of amateur radio public service with what I saw while in races some of that time as a radio officer. So let's back up a minute. You know, there's a club here locally that most of y'all have heard me talk about because they are a great training tool on what not to do. And I talk to talk about them quite a lot. Larry Melby's the ass. Um, anyway, I talk about them quite a lot. And it's because they, well, I'm not going to get into them, into that. What I am trying to get at is uh, I suspect the racist organization he's talking about is the racist organization that was attached to that club. Now, we all know that racist is not supposed to be attached to a club, nor is Aries, nor is NTS. However, this is that one of those groups that they like to grab control and do whatever they want to. And anybody that does something a little bit different, well, they're unacceptable. And that's why my stint as a net control station on Dallas County Races was short. They had complaints about me, even though uh, I had, uh, oh yeah, well, let's put it this way. I had completed the original AREC courses 1, 2, and 3, which uh, the ARRL has some kind of course similar to it now but i bet it's not as intensive not does it isn't spread out into three separate units and oh yeah i forgot i don't think you have to pay for it yeah i paid as much for that as i did to go to police school or at least one section of the police school and a good example of this bunch is the fact that Back in 1994, oh yeah, we ended up in rich story time. Back in 1994, a group of clubs here in this area borrowed a call sign from a gentleman. Turns out that his call sign was W5TEX. Yes, good old Tex. W5TEX. And armed with this call sign, they had gone to the people who organized the State Fair of Texas, which is a pretty big deal. Um, they have a separate park completely for it in Dallas. It's uh, about a half a mile across, half a mile wide. It's pretty big. So we sat up down there, or we were in the process, and we invited that club that we were talking about just a few minutes ago to get involved. Well, in true to form, they ask, uh, okay, who was going to be, uh, who was going to assist them with that? Y'all let that sink in for a minute. Who was going to assist them with that? Well, then they found out they weren't in charge. Because at the time, the president of the club that I was involved with and uh, 
I guess she was her number two. I don't remember. It's been a while back. Uh, one of my second wife, but she was uh, number two, I think. And then there was a couple running the club in Arlington, Texas, in the mid cities, and I can't remember their call signs to save my life. But they were in charge. Now, old club that wanted to know who was going to help them. They decided if they couldn't be in charge of it, which is, this is their normal operating procedure. Uh, if they can't be in charge of it, they're not going to have anything to do with it. And they thought they were going to kill it. However, we spent uh, several days out there in the rain and mud, demonstrating amateur radio, working stations, and everything else, and had a great time. Well, they approached everything like that. And... I can see why somebody would be soured by a racist organization that had to do with those folks. However, it has been my experience that not all public service organizations, even in amateur radio, are that way. They are the exception to the rule. So let us get back to the feedback we got on the website. To be sure, I love to teach as evidenced by the information that I share. And I'd rather rather than a lot of newer hams be more tech, technically adept, but respectfully, don't down someone just because they may not ascend to your expectations. And yes, I tell myself this constantly. I'm no saint. Okay, well, yeah, I can understand that. But you know what? I don't have expectations. Uh, I can see good and bad. And I wasn't interpreting part 97, reading part 97. And yes, there was commentary. But you know what? It's my freaking show and I can say what I want. And my opinion matters. Y'all's opinion matters also. And that's why I encourage, encourage y'all to send feedback. But the fact of the matter is, people you need to talk to about, uh, what is it to see expectation? Uh, you probably need to write a letter to the FCC. FCC.gov is the website. And I, I think they're located in Washington. So let us move on to the next part. Currently, I am taking care of two cancer survivors, one of which is also currently suffering from a broken clavicle. So my aspirations, running feline, building and putting up antennas, tweaking my limited station to the best of my ability, are, if not on hold, certainly coming along at a snail's pace. But fam family comes first. Yeah, okay. I can go for that. Um, Richard's story time again. COVID-19 ended me up laid off from my job. One, well, it was the only job I had at the moment. I was in between other jobs because for the last few years, I've had to keep two jobs at a time. And I was in seclusion for four months when my wife had a stroke that nearly killed her. Now, I was just getting back on air after hiatus, and uh, I should have slipped that in somewhere. Let me do it right now. In the 33 years I've been an amateur radio operator, I've taken 15 years off 
from amateur radio. 15 years. Total in 33 from amateur radio. So, back to the story. Uh, my wife had a massive stroke. It nearly killed her. She was in a hospital in a coma for a month. She was in rehab in a coma the first week, but there are three more weeks before they felt safe releasing her. When she came home, I had to do everything from bathing to flushing out a feeding tube and all that good stuff. And I know most, a lot of y'all don't want to hear that stuff. Please fast forward. So, I understand the family part. Let's talk about my part. As of the recording of this show, uh, the job I took after I felt uh, secure enough to leave my wife home for eight hours at a time, a little more because there was overflow on either side of start and finish times at that job. Uh, after working in store for about a month, about a month, two weeks, something, anyway, and I'm rambling, y'all. After working in store for a few weeks, I developed ulcers on my feet. Unfortunately, I didn't have anybody that could take my place while I went to the doctor and took a couple of days off. Worked until there was somebody to take care of that. Went to the hospital, ended up in the hospital for a week. Nearly lost my leg in the process. Ended up having to have uh, a minor surgery done while I was in there because of it. And just all kinds of wonderful fun. And I've been home for the last two to three months trying to recuperate from that so that I can go back to work somewhere and try and get some cash in because the wife and I don't. I'm not going to get into that. It's a little too personal. Let us move. Anyway, so taking off for myself, for my wife, for my family. Well, let's add a second little tidbit to this story time before we go. Um, in 1997, my second wife and I, she decided she was going to go do something else. Left me hanging with a 12-year-old son and unable to make the payments on the house we were living in because it took both of us to do that. And she decided just to take off. We lost the house. We lost all our stuff. Son and I ended up living in my car and that kind of stuff. About that time, I met Brenda, my current wife. And because my ex-wife was an amateur radio operator, had her license, KC5AYL, really good call sign for a gal. And she did not want to chance me making contact with her. And I, I get that. Jealousy, new relationship, all that stuff. So I took off. Almost five years before I got back on the radio, I did this for my woman. Not like we didn't have room where we were living, because as soon as she gave me the go-ahead to get back on the air, I had wire antennas hanging every which way. I had a AR-10 Ringo Ranger 10-meter antenna. I had multiple J-poles up over the top of the house, and the inside was even better. I had separate tests in the room I operated out of, one for the computer stuff, one for the radio stuff, and the genesis of Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast, was in that room. The other time I took off was because 
I was working in car shops, dawn to dusk. I was having to make money to pay the bills. Y'all know how that is. That was a 10-year stint. Uh, then I ended up at a restoration company where we cleaned up flood damage and all that other good stuff. I was actually the warehouse manager of that, which took up a considerable amount of time. And then I got to the point I had to have two jobs. And for over, I guess it was about two and a half years, worked those jobs every day. So as far as not having the time, uh, it's not a pissing contest, but I think your boots are the wettest, buddy. So, we continue. Amateur radio may or may not save the world. I would say not. Because from what I've been reading, there are and have been official agencies who shied away from hams being included in their contingency communications. This is going to get good in a minute, kids. In some cases, actually having them, I think it was supposed to be having them, or actually having kicked hams out of any previous involvement. The aforementioned agency's communications gears has evolved to be more robust so as to not need amateur radio as a backup. And this is just the electronics. Some law enforcement types would much rather not have hams anywhere near an incident, sometimes upon threat of arrest and or jail. Now, let, let me tell y'all, y'all are getting an exceptional dose of Richard's story time tonight. So, it's Richard's story time again. So, we'll start off with the shuttle recovery. On my return from my first uh, hiatus, my five-year hiatus from amateur radio, the first thing that uh, I had anything to do with was the space shuttle recovery in East Texas. Columbia go boom. And it rained down over East Texas. Now, I was up in the Dallas area receiving traffic, passing messages back down to East Texas when needed, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was good training. Like I said, everything we do is training for something else. Of course, that was the something else. But I learned a lot. However, on this same shuttle recovery, some of our fellows from Ham Association of Mesquite headed on out to East Texas to help out. And while we're going through this section, we are talking about Amateur radio operators probably shouldn't have been. And none of them are Robert Earl Evans. They get down there to East Texas, and they show up on site. And one of them just happened to be a gentleman named William Thornhill. And quite honestly, I don't remember his call sign. He's SK now. They found him dead in his front yard. I know this because he was my wife's nephew. Yeah. Anyway, so William and his buddies, uh, Paul and somebody else, went down to East Texas. And they showed up down there. And William started strutting around down there like he was in charge. And they told him to leave. Well, he couldn't leave without bringing the other guys with him that were busy doing other stuff. So they had him uh, go find an out-of-the-way place and hang out until they were able to leave. 
And unfortunately, William had a diabetes issue. And he decided he wasn't going to take his medicine that day. And he shows back up down there. And they tell him to leave. And he leaves for a while. And then he comes back. And they tell him to leave. He gets uh, kind of lippy. Uh, they tell him to leave or they're going to put him in jail. He decided they couldn't do that. And they did that. Uh, Paul and the other gentleman that was with him, and I really can't remember who it was. Paul is SK as well. Um, they ended up having to leave the recovery down there to put William in the car and drive him back to Dallas. That was number one. Number two, there was a gentleman named Bill, and I can't remember Bill's call sign either. Bill had worked his way onto the communication committee at the Ham Radio uh, Ham Association of Mesquite. He had worked himself onto the communications committee so well that he had access to the, I believe it's 300 and some odd foot tall KEOM school station tower at West Mesquite High School. Now, this particular tower is kind of a Eiffel Tower shape with two big fiberglass donuts on top where all the equipment sits. So, he's up there working one day, and he had a piece of coax that wasn't long enough, and it didn't bother him one bit instead of telling somebody he needed to feed through, put in so that he could go back up there and take care of it. He whipped out his handy-dandy rechargeable drill and bored a couple holes in the side of the donut. The Mesquite Independent School District was not happy about this. He was no longer allowed on the tower. The same gentleman had a, had a uh, I think it was a Bronco, with a blue and red light bar on top. And he would go around acting like he was an actual employee of the city of Mesquite when there was something going down. And it finally turned out that one night, during a race season that, while we had funnels on the ground, I caught him running down one of the interstate highways with his light bar on and immediately contacted the net control on the Mesquite net and let them know that he was doing so. He was no longer a member of Mesquite races after that. Now, the reason I told you these two stories were to address the law enforcement not wanting to work with people, law enforcement not wanting amateurs part of their plan, and that kind of stuff, and guys like these are the reason for that. There are a lot of served agencies that have had uh, negative experiences with people like these. They don't represent the majority of amateur radio operators. They are way in the minority. But they were trying to be somebody that they really weren't. And remember, at no time did I give out the call sign of Robert Earl Evans. So, as we move on, oh wait a minute, let me back up. The U.S. government, that was my phone, y'all. We're getting some uh, severe thunderstorm warnings right now. Um, Government technology, let's just touch that for a second. Yes, government technology has progressed over the years. However, the government is uh, just like any other big business. 
they try to get what they can use at the cheapest price possible and there are still big holes in their communications abilities and the other side of the coin is there is stuff that can be handled by civilian radio operators and free up precious repeater time frequencies and that kind of stuff that the government uses so they still want us in the plan now it's hard in a built up area like uh, dallas fort worth probably houston some of the other bigger cities to not have these flakes come in and create negative experiences for these served agencies quite honestly it's up to the people running the amateur radio organizations involved Aries, Racies, CERT, NTS, whoever. And once again, this is another situation where the incidents are more isolated than widespread. I move on. So, this is my current position. It may be considered the proverbial other side of the coin, where there is room for every type of ham. Every type of ham. There's only one type of amateur radio operator, but we'll, we'll see. Now, that's the end of it. The end of the actual feedback, except for a couple things that got dropped due to time constraints. But here's the whole point. You got a lot, a lot of guys out there throwing negativity at other radio operators. You got a lot of people out there throwing negativity towards our served agencies and don't realize that even though they do not pay us, we are we work for them. They don't work for us. And if they don't want you on their particular deal, situation that's going on, then they'll run you off and they, you can get yourself arrested if you want to be an ass. An ass. Now, the whole feel of this thing, and y'all can go read it, is anywhere that there's social media that's got the resonant frequency, the amateur radio podcast on it, it's there because we made, it made sure of that it was on every one of them. You know, if you want to go read the whole thing in its entirety, I probably still have some of the paragraphs moved around, so it probably may not read the way it, that it does in its pristine condition but this is number one a radio operator that yeah look all kinds of stuff going on here tonight that probably didn't listen very well to the previous podcast if they did listen well to the previous con uh podcast Apparently, they didn't grasp the context. They probably need to go back and listen to it two or three more times. Or, it could just be that we've entered the Sharon, Karen, touchy-feely, I'm offended, you need to stop zone. And in that case, unfortunately, the one thing that comes to mind are the words that were given to me by my son's therapist when he was young and in treatment for attention deficit disorder and it quite honestly if you're offended if you think that something was said that really probably wasn't 
due to lack of understanding of the content and or context, well, what he would tell me to say is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Would you like a Kleenex? See y'all next time, 7-3. We gotta go.